Within nine months of graduating, I entered a new world, I always say, a world of just enough. And that world was a confirmation of a belief that I had. Money could buy you love and happiness. By the time I was 30, I was knee deep in this world of just enough, just enough for me. And what I learned was because money was my God, I used to tell mom, hey, I don't believe in God. She said, oh, you believe in God. You just don't know what God you believe in. And I didn't really understand what she means. I get a little choked up thinking about it because at 30, I married my dream girl from the fourth grade. I'm a multimillionaire. I live in a dream house. I have dream cars, dream boats, green motorhomes. I have a ski mountain. I have a golf course, everything I ever dreamed of. But I wasn't happy. You know, you've obviously been able to now kind of look back on a life that's had highs and lows and offer fantastic advice for people. I now know, I think I know the most valuable gift you ever received. What's the most valuable advice you ever received? Oh, that's easy. I still receive it. Ask for help. Ask for help. That's the best advice I can give anyone. We don't live in this zero sum game. When you ask for help, everything extraordinary happens, right? We get a biochemical dose of happiness when we ask for help, when we receive help, when someone witnesses the asking and receiving of help, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, they're injected into our system, which makes us happy. It's a proof, a biochemical proof of, hey, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing with your body, do it more. Right? So for me, it's mathematical in the way that it works. We just need to listen to what's interfering with our ease. Everyone wants to be at ease. You already are at ease. Let's figure out what's putting you at disease. And so I created four steps to do this. And I love the fact that you're picking up on, I've used all this scarce, critical business analysis, procedures and processes and systems in order to effectuate a reconciliation of hyper complex, high vibration frequency, ethereal ideas, including gratitude, forgiveness, accountability. So what do I do? I tell myself, okay, the ego is from our brain here to protect us, right? It allows us to fight for it. We flee from it. We feed it or we fornicate in order to create more of it. And so when I know the ego's purpose, my life becomes easier. What do I mean? The ego's necessary, bro. That's a long drop down there. Our ego tells us if you and I went down there right now and I said, hey, let's jump down on the rocks, our ego would say, run, don't do it. Not a chance. No chance. The ego also will get you up, get you back up, get you started and get you back started. So it was my ego when I lied in bed that one day after thinking, I gotta go tell my mom I lost everything, including her house. It was my ego that said, if you can look up, you can get up. It's, it's that fear, right, that allows you to get up, get back up. But fear uses about 90% of your fuel to get you up. So we wanna limit the amount of fear that we use because eventually we need inspiration. We need to access the power we're given, not create power or acceleration with fear. So understanding ego, it, knowing it edges goodness out of our life, it edges gold out of our life, it edges God out of our life, whatever you think it does, but it will fuel us real quick to get up, get back up, get started. Now, here's the interesting thing. I need to be an expert at identifying fear. It's the greatest practice I feel if you have faith and believe in what I'm talking about to utilize energy in its correct manner. Why is that? So if I can identify fear, I can use it to get up, back up, when I get knocked out or knocked down, 
And there's some great lines from great boxers about that, like Mike Tyson, right? Never know what you're gonna do to get punched in the face. Or These are all people who understand fear at its core, how to utilize it to get up and get back up. But what I find the more powerful use of fear is just to identify it so you don't resist it. You don't try to fight it, go over it, under it, through it, around it. You don't have to lie to it, manipulate it, and cheat it. You don't have to deny it. Simply practice identify when you have a need to be right, or a need to be offended, or a need to be separate, or inferior, or superior. How about just anxious, frustrated, guilty, resentful, or angry? If we can identify when we feel the ego, intuitively how the ego is interfering with our ease, and instead of resisting it, just stop. Sounds easy, but if you can stop and then breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, drop down to center, drop into the flow, drop into ease. Remind, remember, and recollect the source. Remind with, recollect with, remember with the source. The all-knowing, the all-powerful, the omniscient, the omnipresent that loves you more than your mom. If you can do that, stopping and dropping, you now can roll into what you want today. Who you can help and who can help you, how best to get that done. Reprioritize applying your why in a trajectory to the unlimited, infinite possibilities and probabilities of the future in a trajectory of probably what you think you want but will receive even bigger and better faster. So utilizing the ego as a point of understanding of do I need to use the ego for this or am I identifying the ego so I can stop, drop, and roll, knowing that the ego puts our mind, body, and soul on fire to get us up, get us back up. But on the inspiration side, when your mind, body, soul, and on fire, you're interfering with your true power. So when you're on fire, what do you do? Stop, drop, and roll. This is the secret to what I teach in a very methodical way to increase the flow of the truth, your potential, love, light, and lessons that allow you to do whatever you dream of or even better. I mean, you've brought it up a couple of times, laying on your bed, thinking I gotta call my mom to tell her she's gonna lose her home. And so I, I, as you're talking, I, I can my brain gets it, but I'm also recognizing that you were deep in emotion. And that's, you know, you could be spiraling in all sorts of ways. But somehow, again, you said, if I can look up, I can get up. How did you go from, I'm an emotional, whatever, I'm, it was at the lowest point? So the lowest point was my wife was gonna leave me. That's the lowest, two years earlier. The second lowest when reality hits, right? Because now, cause and effect become one. Problems and solutions become one. See, an interval of time is defined by two moments a cause and an outcome or a cause. This is how we define pragmatically time. The biggest misuse of time, problems and solution. Recognition or acknowledgement occurs at these moments. So there was acknowledgement when my wife was gonna leave me, serious fear and pain, but the reality that she was right and there was nothing I could do about the causes I created. So I'd already learned the lessons, I was practicing them, but there's still that reality of, oh my gosh, I'm went from owning 33 homes in San Diego alone to a rented house, rented furniture, a pregnant wife with three daughters under 10. What am I gonna do? And I gotta tell my mom she's moving. I have really messed this up. And in some respects, I was more equipped, but in others, it was like, okay, I already got the lessons. Why are you punishing me? And when I lay there in bed that day of filing bankruptcy, <laughs> and keeping it secret, because I wasn't the person that I am today. I illuminate all my shit. 
right? I, I am who I am. You're either going to love me for who I am, but you're not going to, literally, you're not going to love me for who I'm not. Right? You can hate me for who I am, but you're not going to love me for who I'm not. I am. I'm going to tell you the truth and illuminate to the best of my ability, spend minutes and moments outside of the truth, minutes and moments in ego-based consciousness. That's the secret sauce of what I do. But when I lied there in bed, it was another coincidence because tears were rolling down my face. I could not lift up my arms, right? It's it was harder almost because I knew the lessons. It wasn't like I was in that ignorant arrogance where I was in blame, shame, and justification. I was lying there being accountable and that's hard. And I got out of bed, I took a shower, I put on my clothes, I walked over to my mom's house crying, rang the doorbell and she answered and I thought it was gonna be the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And she looked at me and she's like, what's the matter? Is everybody okay? I said, mom, I lost everything. I lost your house, you need to move. Are you okay? Are you okay? No, mom, I don't think you heard me. You have to move, I lost it. I heard you, are you okay? Do you need some money? What can I do for you? What I had built up in my mind turned into the biggest of all lessons, the witness of unconditional love. That here is my mom who told me my whole life I was lost, serving the wrong God. Arrogantly, I'm thinking, I make more money in one day than you made in a lifetime. And there was her showing me the path of unconditional love, teaching me that none of it mattered, that she loved me. She was here to protect and promote me. No matter what mistakes, pain, failures, and setbacks I was gonna have, even if it implicated her into them, that she was there promoting and protecting me. And my faith, knowing that there's something even bigger than my mom that loves me more than her, has propelled me and promoted me and protected me to a place that most people dream of in their lives, and I'm living it. I know people are watching this right now, and their back's on the mat, their back's on the bed. If, if, I mean, if you could literally look into that camera and talk to somebody who's in that spot, what would you say to somebody? I mean, you've gone through it, they'll listen. Yeah, well, first of all, look up and then breathe. Think about what you want. Think about how you can help and who can help you. And then start thinking about how. And then prioritize that very first step. Prioritize that very first day. Start thinking about what you want and continue every day enjoying that consistently, persistently in the pursuit of your potential. Also, have an open mind. Remember, I talk about what I think I want in the future. I'm open to learning and changing my mind. I love fast learners and I love hypocrites. And so if you feel that way, look up and then think about what you want, who you can help and who can help you, how best to get that done. I promise you each day will become easier. It'll aggregate upon itself and pretty soon you too will be an overnight success. You've got some 20 year olds in your house. You've got a good sense of what 20 year olds are going through right yeah. now. We've got a lot of 20 year olds who watch this show. I mean, there's a lot of pressures going in their world right now. And it's a different world than probably the world that you and I grew up in. You know, if you think about the 20 year olds that you're closest to, what's your advice to 20 year olds right now? Besides ask for help, find someone who sits in a position that you wanna be in, the fastest way to get to where you wanna be, find someone that's already there and ask them for help. You would be amazed how many older successful people want to help. So don't talk yourself out of asking for help. But also one of my favorite ones is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. 
I see so many people surrounding themselves. See, your frequency is your neighborhood. And let me explain what that means is your frequency is created by your neighbors. And if you're sitting in the projects on a lawn chair drinking a Colt 45, you may have all the skills in the world, all the knowledge in the world, all the desire in the world. And when you turn to your buddy on the lawn chair drinking and you say, hey, can you help me? How many options, opportunities, and touches of favor do you think someone in your neighborhood is going to be able to give you? I'm telling you, frequency and vibration-wise, surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Surround yourself with people that are going to give you more options, more opportunities, and more touches of favor. Surround yourself with people that feed you. So many people are being bled. 80% of their time is around people that make them feel like crap. They're watching things that make them feel like crap. They're listening to things that make them feel like crap. They're surrounding themselves with people that make themselves feel with crap. They're being bled all day long and wonder why they feel bled. Take my advice, ask for help. Surround yourself with people that feed you and feed them. It'll be amazing the difference in your life.